Welcome back to the Christ and Culture. This is Gordon. And this is Clint. And how have you been, Clint? I've been good. Man, yeah. I've been all over like the country the past couple weeks, which has been pretty cool. Y'all have seen, hopefully, if you've seen the videos, you've seen a couple of the adventure videos that have come out by now. I put out, I think, two in the last like two weeks. If you haven't, go check out our YouTube and see what those are. The adventure videos are whenever I travel somewhere, I do a video kind of talking about what am I doing on that trip and where did I find God? So you can find those uh, on our social media and on YouTube and all that fun stuff. So yeah, so basically since I've been on here, I've been to West Texas up in the mountains, been to New Mexico, Carlsbad Caverns, been to a Renaissance festival, which was awesome. I've always wanted to go to Renaissance festival, but never had the chance so we, we went and i got a kilt which has always That's been a dream weird. yeah i've always wanted a kilt yeah so super excited about that and then yeah that, that was a lot of fun actually i've, I've been listening to high kings which is a, an irish band basically ever since it's been like a week and a half now and then i went to philadelphia this last weekend which was awesome i was there for pax unplugged if you don't know what it is and you are a geeky person like me, you should go check it out. PAX Unplugged, P-A-X. And I've got some stories to share with that, but Gordon, how are you? I'm pretty good. It's 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 a weird time. I think we kind of always say that every time we record, but just in the sense of like things have either slowed down in some on some days because like we're we with our situation youth groups kind of like done now mm. but i just picked up a, like i'm mentoring one-on-one a kid that can't make confirmation class so i'm like catching him up on like mondays so like other days are like busier yeah i like thanksgiving feels like three weeks ago or it feels like forever ago yeah but it also feels like yesterday it feels like i haven't really recorded with you in a while but it also feels like i've seen you a lot in the past few weeks all true all true <laughs> <laughs> and then i know like next week i'll be in georgia for christmas Oh my gosh, that's next week already. Yeah, next Thursday I leave. And so wow, it's just like a whole bunch of mess, but it's all really good, not really bad. Yeah. Um, things are on the up and up. And yeah, I've been really good. It's just every time I sit down and think about it, I'm like, wow. It's Yeah, like feels like it was just Halloween. Oh yeah. I was actually just thinking the same thing. It's like the last month has just flown by. And we have a retreat this weekend, the middle school lock-in. So we're getting locked in with literally over 100 middle schoolers. Lock-ins are so stupid. It's going to be (laughs) insane. So please pray for us this weekend. Actually, as you're probably listening to this, we will be locked in with... Yeah, uh, it will be the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Yeah. And we'll be locked in. Yeah. So actually, first off... Happy Feast Day of the Immaculate Conception. Yes, let's start For there. those of you who are listening in the future. Crazy. It's really funny, actually. This lock-in happens every year on just, like, kind of bad timing mm-hmm. of weekends. So, like, usually it happens on daylight savings. Yeah. Where we that was gain an hour. In the middle of the night. And so, yeah, it's, like, 3 o'clock in the morning and then all of a sudden we look at our watches and it's 2 a.m again and we're like no, no. <laughs> and this year it's on the immaculate conception where we're going to mass vigil mass but that doesn't count for the feast day mass so we still have to go to mass either that morning or friday vigil 
and I'm trying to like get some sort of rest before no sleep. Yeah. Uh, because me and Clint also have a very busy Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So basically a very short abbreviated version. So we have our youth adoration on Friday night and then I'm actually going to a movie with our friend Danny Sackfort Friday night, which is probably imprudent of me, but I'm kind of excited. And then Saturday we have Immaculate Conception Mass, mm-hmm. and then it's Danny's birthday. Then it's Danny's Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Danny! Shout yeah. out! Shout out! There you go. And then we go straight into the lock-in, which we're not allowed to sleep all night. It's gonna right. be great. And then immediately the next day we go into working on more podcast stuff. So hopefully you guys love the content that's coming out in the next couple of weeks because we are going to be basically falling asleep as we record it. And then right after that, there's something else, but it's just like back to back to back the next yeah. three and days. I'm we will not sleep. a movie with Danny and Nick Sunday midday before I record podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, it's going to be insane. Please, please, please pray for us. Cause there's a good chance we go, 48 hours plus without sleeping <laughs> yeah tuesday i'm just gonna hit the at the ground yeah so it, it's gonna be wild but that's that's part of ministry i guess so it's I'm, I'm really excited like i'm not not looking forward to it it's gonna be hard but it's better than like knowing stuff like that ahead of time and you're like dreading it yeah i'm not i'm like this is gonna be good yeah yeah i i totally agree um have you taken in any media at all in the past couple weeks um, I've been picking up and putting down books, like a lot of different books, mm-hmm. uh, a discipleship book that we are supposed to be reading that I keep like reading one or two pages and then I get distracted or bored and then set it down. I've yet to finish any of the comic books that I was rereading, like the Batman's one that I was talking about. Yeah. I still keep picking them up and read like three or one more pages and then I set it down. <laughs> um, and so I've been doing that with books and... I'm still trudging my way through the office. I okay. have like five more episodes left of the yeah. final season of the of the yeah the okay. entire thing. So sad. And I, f- oh, me and Lizzie went to a movie in theaters for the first time in a very long time, and we saw Bohemian Rhapsody. I heard that was awesome. Is it is phenomenal? If you like Queen, mm-hmm. um, it's it's definitely a biography. So it's like. A story of a life but it is a great movie and you both love queen right we do yeah the classic rock is what got me into music yeah um but yeah it's i did there was a lot i didn't know about freddie mercury and it was great it was really awesome that's so awesome. that was that was something i did and then uh as far as also some media or the, the lack of taking in media i i got rid of all my social media yeah um i'm so jealous <laughs> And I'm not like sharing that to like brag, humble brag or anything like that. It's just, this is like a new chapter for me. And I find myself where I like, we went to the youth office yesterday to work with Chris, but I finished everything I needed to do before going there. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of sitting there with my laptop and I couldn't really open up anything to go do because I had nothing to open up to and I didn't bring any like books to read. So I think I'm gonna get a lot more reading done. That's good. Um, but I just need to remember to like have something with me. Yeah, for sure. To read. Yeah. But yeah, I just back backlogged everything onto my laptop, pictures and videos and stuff, and then got rid of it. So that's awesome. Did you actually wipe the account and everything? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think it 
it gives you like a 30 day option on Facebook where it's like, are you sure? Yeah. But come the new year, it'll permanently delete it. Wow. That's, um, that's exciting. Yeah. I, I have like old Tumblr <clears throat> accounts and old Twitter accounts that I haven't used in forever. Mm-hmm. So like, there's some things that exist, but I, I'd never use them anyways. Right. But I mean, if I really want to, I could go and permanently get rid of those too. Gordon's living off the grid. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting because I'm going to like not know things as well as, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So if, if you see less of him on our social media, that's, that's why. It's not because he hates you. Yes. Um, if you, if you want to personally get a hold of me for some reason, uh, email us Yeah. and depending on who you are and why you don't get a hold of me, <laughs> I might give you my personal information There you go. to get a hold of me. Cool. So kind of following off of that, I've actually taken in tons of media in the past couple of weeks, probably, I mean, I have a whole list running and I think it's the longest list I've had since mm. we started this show. So I don't know what I've been doing with my life the past couple of weeks, but apparently taking in lots of media. So I knocked out like four books, I think, in my travels because like just sitting in planes and in vehicles right. and stuff. Yeah. So uh, I was reading Thomas Merton, Thoughts in Solitude, mm-hmm. which was awesome. If you guys have never read Merton, go read Thomas Merton. Uh, great stuff. I read, uh, it's kind of a series called The Emperor's Edge. So I read like, three of those books and then i also read hiking the camino by father dave pavanka and so he kind of just writes reflections as he's a priest as he travels the the camino which is pretty cool and then yeah like i said we went to the the renaissance festival and so everything after that i was listening to like uh high kings i was listening to celtic thunder celtic woman like all those irish things yeah and then pax unplugged there's a lot of Dungeons and Dragons stuff there. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of D&D stuff. Streams, like YouTube streams of like professional groups. So like my favorite, Dice Camera Action. I watched them to catch up on all their episodes. And then I watched them live at the, the convention. Got to meet them. They're pretty cool. They're actually the ones I was telling you about, Gordon, the other right. day. Yep. And then Acquisitions Incorporated, their main team and their C team were there, so I watched all of their stuff too. So they have a B team too. They don't. I think that's kind of the irony of it. Mm. I think technically in the the canon, there's a B team. They have a whole bunch of teams. Uh, but as far as like real life people playing the characters, it. yeah, it's yeah, A yeah. and C. Right. Yeah. Cool. They're weird like that, but no, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's some of the stuff that I've been doing. Uh, but we'll save the rest for another week because. We have other things to talk about, we do. like our actual topic for tonight. Yes, which is something I watched today. Today, yeah. Today. And I watched last night. So that is the movie A Wrinkle in Time. Someone requested this. I think it was Sarah. Sarah, Sarah Matler. Maybe a couple or of people. Or Danny. Or Danny. I know Danny when she requested uh, Disney stuff that might have been, I don't know. Yeah, so someone requested should it. should know. Yeah. Someone did request it. A shout out to whoever requested this. <laughs> uh, insert name here. But yeah, so it was it was a pretty interesting movie. And so, Gordon, you and I were talking right before we were getting set up here. Yeah. This is such a spiritual, like faith-driven movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think they intended it to be explicitly Christian. But you can definitely tell... Like that's the the way that it's it's kind of oriented. And I'm gonna put a timeout real quick. 
Have you read the book? I have not. Okay. No, I just... I have not either. Okay. Sarah, don't hate us. I know Sorry. when this comes out, you're going to be like, what? I own the book. You can borrow the book. We we already know, and we will at some point. But <laughs> for those listening that have read the book or love the book, we'll we'll probably be speaking more into the most recent film, uh, Disney film, uh, A Wrinkle in Time, because sadly, we haven't read the book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's very similar. Yeah. So... If there are differences or anything that you catch, let just us let know. us know and we will add it on to the show notes. We'll put a video out. We'll do something, but we want to make sure that's included in there. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and dive into A Wrinkle in Time. Actually, the first thing I want to start is there's we start off with this little girl with her dad. So the dad's played by Chris Pine. The little girl's name is Meg, and she's mm-hmm. kind of the main character of the, the movie. Right. Right. And one thing that I want to point out is that as the dad is talking to little Meg, he gives her, what are those folded things? I don't even remember what they're called. I don't know. It's it's origami. It's not like a fortune teller, but it's very much folded the same way. And it's yeah. where you can open it repeatedly the same in the same direction and it changes shape. Right. So it's basically just this folded piece of paper with a heart on it. Um, and then when he moves it, the heart disappears. Right. And so what I want to talk about is what he says right after that. So she's, she's kind of worried that the heart disappears because the dad says, this is like my love for you. Right. And when it disappears, she's like, Oh no, like it's gone. And so he says, it's not gone. It's just unfolded. Love is always there. Even if you don't feel it, it's always there for you. Right, so this is like right away in the yep, very beginning. One of the first notes I have as well. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> So the reason I want to bring this up is because obviously as Christians, we believe that God not only loves us, we believe that God is love itself. And so when we replace that God for the word love in this statement, we have God's not gone. He's just unfolded. God is always there. Even if you don't feel him, he's always there for you. Right. And so if you want to speak on that a little bit. I mean, I think it's very in much when you just replace it with God, which is not something I th- even thought about exactly what I want to speak into. is just that it talks into God's love for us and just how God works. Like it, our faith isn't built on feelings and mm-hmm. emotions, but this idea of understanding our relationship with him and growing in that. And that when it feels like we're in despair and he's not working in our lives, he's still there. Yeah. Um, but also I... Like me and Lizzie were watching this together and we just really loved that her father set that idea up for her, even with our human love, because our love comes from God as well. And knowing that we are faulted and that even if he's mad at her one day, even if he's gone or something happens and it seems like in that situation, like my father or my mother doesn't love me anymore, knowing that at the root, there is that same love. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes across the board with like us as brothers and sisters in Christ. Like we, we, whether we're enemies or whatever, there is this root because we're all created from God who is love that there is this love that's still there. Yeah. No matter what we see, even on like the battlefields and all this other, you know, we, we can go on and on about that, but there is this love that's constantly there in all of us and connecting all of us. Yeah. Lo- love is constant. It's persistent. It, it doesn't, doesn't fade uh, right. even when the feelings do 
which is something the other kind of note from that scene that I wrote down was she's about to get a new baby brother and yeah. she's like is he Charles gonna, Wallace yeah and she, she asked her dad like is he gonna like me and he's he's very much into particles and space and so he's like of course like all the brothers and sisters in the universe and he's with you and just that that description of all the brothers and sisters in the universe made me think of like the church and yeah. being brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. But then it really made me reflect on like our families and like, you know, you and me are brothers in Christ, yeah. but then how much more powerful is it that me and my actual brother were chosen to be brothers to grow up together that way. Right. And so that was also a beautiful picture they painted. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but that's actually a really, really good connection. Because we talk about it so much, I do want to make sure we touch on this, but God as as love, and, and when we talk about love, I want to clarify, we're not talking about an emotion. We're not talking about something that fades and goes in and out. We're talking about love as an action. Mm-hmm. Love is this actively choosing. Bishop Barron always de- defines love as desiring what is good for the other as other. Mm-hmm. Right. So desiring what is best for someone else for that someone else, not for anything that I get in return. And so that's what, what love is. And that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about like the, the feelings that you get. Uh, right. And I know we've talked about that a little bit in other episodes, but we just want to make sure and I we're think all on the same page. In the Valentine episode, you guys talked about the types of love. Yeah. Yeah. Exist. So if, if that's something you want to listen to more into, I think the episode from last Valentine's Day. Yeah. That would speak be good. into that. For sure. Yeah, so continuing moving on, the dad actually works for NASA, which is kind of cool because we live right next to NASA. Mm-hmm. But anyways, his name is Dr. Alex Murray. And immediately after this first scene, we see that he disappears. And it kind of flashes forward four years later. We don't really know why, but we see the two kids in school. So we have Meg and the brother that they adopted, Charles Wallace. And we see that they're no longer happy. They... they really seem like they're just tortured kids we can tell they're bullied at one point they catch the teachers like even making fun of them and talking about them behind their back and charles wallace like yells at the teachers and he gets in trouble for it and then he like yells at meg like really nice things to her and then all the girls bully her for having her little brother defender and stuff and so she retaliates and then they end up in the principal's office and it's just this big mess uh, but she's being bullied be not because of like not only because of who she is but because her father has disappeared right and that that's really important the fact that her dad is gone and so everyone thinks that their dad just ran away and abandoned them and so it's it, been 4 years now yeah mm-hmm. and so it, it's kind of this idea that everyone thinks their dad just didn't love them and left and so that's something that she especially is wrestling with throughout the movie especially this this early part so we're going to flash forward a little bit. They're at the house later that night, I think, or the next day. And this random lady shows up. And her name is Mrs. What's It. Yeah, What's It. It's kind of weird, but roll with it. So they, she shows up and starts talking about uh, keeping the darkness away. Mm-hmm. And no one knows what they're talking about. But immediately we have this idea of light and dark that's mm-hmm. introduced. Because she's wearing all white. She is, yeah. And one of the things she says kind of stuck out to me so she says we can't take any credit for our talents it's how we use them that counts you're nodding your head did you take a note of this too 
I forgot to write it down, but I because I didn't start taking notes till like 30 minutes into the movie. Yeah, okay. But yes, that was something I was like, talents. Yeah. The story of the talents. It, exactly. Yeah. So it's this idea that what we have, even the, the gifts that we have, the talents that we have, they're not ours. I, I always talk about the, the bishop uh, in the diocese where I grew up. He would always say that whatever I have, including my gifts, my talents, my body itself, and the relationships in my life, they're not mine. I do not own, I loan. These are gifts from God that he's entrusted me with as a, a steward, essentially. And so I think that's really important for us to remember that all these things, they're, they're not ours. And we can't take credit for, for even who we are or, or the things that we have. But we can take credit for how we use those things. And that's what's important. So I thought that was a, a really cool thing to point out. So flash forward again, uh, Meg is going for a walk with Charles Wallace, and this boy from school shows up named Calvin, and he's kind of the cool kid, you get the vibe? Yeah, kind of show up out of nowhere. Yeah, literally nowhere. But I overlooked it. Yeah. To be honest, parts of the movie kind of just seem like, yeah. just like skipping parts, so those of you who read the book probably know why, but sorry. <laughs> um, and so... She kind of doesn't want him around because he's like the cool kid and doesn't want like this weird tension between the nerdy girl and the cool kid being together and doesn't know what he wants, if she's trying to bully him or what. So she's trying to get rid of him. But Charles Wallace says, no, we need him. He, he's going to come with us on the journey. And they end up following Charles Wallace. He runs into this abandoned house, which is really weird. But he says, uh, we're going to meet someone here. And so they end up meeting another lady, also super colorful and strange. And her name is Mrs. Who. So we have Mrs. What's It and now Mrs. Who. Mm -hmm. And so Mrs. Who only speaks in quotes. Mm -hmm. She never says anything for herself. She's my favorite character. She was pretty cool. Actually, the actress is in the office. Yes. So, Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. So I just had a couple quotes that she said. The first one, life without love is like a tree without blossoms or fruit. Any thoughts on that? Life without love is like a tree without blossoms. Uh, well, we got readings from about trees in the past few gospel. Well, not like recently, but like two or three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of the gospel readings on trees. But Jesus speaks into trees and it speaks into bearing fruit. And so it speaks into just our spiritual life. Yeah. Um, where we we are a tree and we know what happens when a tree bears fruit. We know what happens because of the gospel and scripture, what happens when a tree bears bad fruit or good fruit. Mm -hmm. And she's saying without love, there's no fruit at all. Right. And so like love is almost the, the water that nourishes the foundation of growing fruit. Yeah, for sure. Like Jesus being the soil and the proper and then the water being love. Yeah. And you can think about the... In the psalm, the tree planted on good soil, uh, bearing good fruit. Mm -hmm. But then you have to be careful because soil too close to water is too soft. And a tree falls down. And like, yeah. I, I was thinking, like, my first thought was the fig tree. Mm -hmm. Right? So the fig tree didn't bear fruit. And so Jesus cursed it and it withered, right? And was destroyed. Mm -hmm. And that's supposed to be like a lesson for our own lives where we as Christians are, are meant to bear fruit in our lives. And so again, I ran with this idea of 
God is love, right? So, again, replace that. Life without God is like a tree that does not bear fruit. Yes. Right? So, with, same thing. Without God, we don't have that nourishment where the fruit can grow, and then we wither, just like the fig tree. And then the other quote is one that you brought up when we were talking about this before. And I think this is a really, really cool one. It's, the wound is the place where the light enters you. Yes. That was my favorite quote. Go ahead and talk about that, because I think that one's awesome. Uh, I just love that quote because uh, I've talked about it in a few podcasts a while back when we had our convocation with the door. And it was a big, tragic event of a convocation where there was a small death. And so with this weekend retreat, which was supposed to be us as missionaries reflecting on what a door is, turned into we're walking and growing within the wounds of Christ. And it was, we just scrapped the whole weekend and we just mourned together for two days. And so like Jonathan, our president, and then my like signature handle sometimes on my email has turned into in Christ wounds Hmm. because it's, we, we've just realized that weekend that it's like in his wounds and even in our own wounds that like is where we get the, uh, the water, the water from the well, you know, the, right. the nourishing water, Jesus' life. We get this love, or if you replace love with God, it's where we get God so we can bear fruit. Mm-hmm. It's in his wounds, you know, in his pierced side, where when, when the side was pierced, water and light like came out, but also in our own wounds, which is what you see later on in this film, where we grow and become who we are. Yeah, it's kind of through our own brokenness that God is able to act and make good things come from that brokenness. Right. Yeah. So after this, we kind of go into a scene where it's a flashback with the the mom and the dad presenting for the first time their research about being able to travel through time. So basically their concept is that there's this tesseract, which is this fourth dimensional wave. And if you can tune into the right frequency, you can use your mind to travel through time and space and stuff like that mm-hmm. and through dimensions. And everyone kind of just laughs at them. But there's one thing that the dad says. His name is Alex, Alex Murray. He says, so what if we are all here for a reason? What if we are not just in the universe, but the universe is within all of us? And so I think this is where we see that they don't like to use the word God anywhere in here, like explicitly. And I think that that's part of just probably Hollywood and trying to make this more of a scientific thing. But if if we look at the universe throughout this, this movie being God, I think we have a very, very Christian understanding. Mm-hmm. And so again, we look at this. So what if we're all here for a reason? We are here for a reason, right? Without faith, uh, as atheists, we, we're not here for a reason. We're just here and gone and there's no point to it. Right. In religion, in in faith, we do find reason, we find value, we find meaning, but it's not because we're all just like lonely people looking for meaning. It's because God gives us meaning. Right. So what if we're all here for a reason? We, We are. And that's what their discovery is. And what if we are not just in the universe, but this is where 
we see, but the, the universe, God, is within all of us. Right. And so we get this idea of Eucharist, this idea of uh, communion, where we're connected with the God of the universe. Mm-hmm. And we're not just something surrounded by a lot of other things. We matter. We have this purpose. We have this connection. We have this relationship. And I, I think that's that's really important. And it's really a short scene. And they kind of just cruise over that line. But I think it's so profound to recognize that we have value. And especially in this quote-unquote post-Christian society that we live in, a lot of the times it's this kind of uh, nihilistic idea that we don't matter. Right. We're just here. And so to, to be able to recognize that we do matter, we do have an influence on not just the now, but the eternal. And, and so I think that's, that's kind of a big deal. I, in the same scene, um, I wrote something down where because they're left at, there's a later scene like right after that where they're home and she's upset because she's like, I you that wasn't like the plan. They were supposed to they were to like jump ship and start talking about the Tesseract. I don't think you don't really get the sense of their plan, but you see that he went off script to go into what their full vision was. Yeah, and she's like, they're not ready for this, and he's like, yes, but if we don't like do like start telling him about it, no one's gonna be ready for it. No one's gonna even know we're onto something. And we know we're right, and she's like, greatness. We are made great, but we're not great because we're right. We're great. Like we have to, it's because of how we, well, how we go approach something is what makes us great. Mm. And that one line, I think kind of structures this movie because we see this one thing that we didn't mention was Charles Wallace, her brother is a genius, literal genius, like, like the smartest. He's, I don't know how old, like six or maybe eight. At, at one point they claim that he's like one of the smartest human beings in, in history. And Meg is not. I'm not saying she's dumb, but the entire time, uh, Miss What's It is like reluctant to bringing Meg on this adventure. Mm-hmm. And there's this idea that Meg's even reluctant to go and she keeps like challenging things. And so there's this huge dynamic that Charles Wallace is great and Meg has so much potential to be great, but is not. But then we get this new picture now that being right and knowing things is not what makes you great. It's like the action, this call to action. Mm-hmm. And so I just love that idea because it kind of paints the picture of what what, what plays out in the rest of the movie. But it, it also very much is our form of evangelization. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can be like, I think both the, the mom and the dad are kind of opposite ends of the extreme. But the dad is very much, I'm going to tell you what is true because right. it is true. And that's good. But she, where she's like, it's almost too radical for them. Yeah. If they don't know anything at all, we need to start small and slow. Right. And almost just walk with them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I just want them to get here. Yeah. Yeah. And for any of you who have ever worked in ministry, you know that that is a very real struggle. Mm-hmm. And Bishop Barron, I know I talk about him all the time, but he's great. So he always talks about always lead with what is beautiful. Right. right. Because... We have these three transcendentals, right? So what is good, what is beautiful, and what is true. We've talked about those in previous episodes, so I'm not going to dive into them. But what is true and what is good is debatable. But what is beautiful 
is just this invitation to accept something's beauty. And so it's so much easier for someone to recognize this is beautiful. Now, where can we go from there? Once I recognize, yes, this is beautiful. Tell me more. Tell me what is good. Tell me what is true. And then we can have the conversation. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of have this, this idea where we need to find that right spot to address someone where, where we can meet them. Right. And maybe one way to do that is through the culture, you know, like this is our form of evangelization in a way we're having this conversation. And so by going to media that hopefully you guys have seen this and you understand, we can have this conversation where hopefully we can start talking about what is good, what is true, what is beautiful. Mm -hmm. So kind of fast forward a little bit, but eventually we're in their backyard and all three of the kids are there. And then out of nowhere, Miss What's It shows up and then Miss Who shows up and then a new person, Mrs. Witch shows up. And we get this idea that she's kind of like another powerful Mrs. Too. And they claim that they heard their dad's voice somewhere in the universe and they're there to help. And one thing I thought of when these three showed up was... Could this be like the three wise men or something like that? Hmm. And the more I thought about it, I think this is almost a reflection of the Trinity. That's exactly what I've written down. Oh, cool. So they they talk about how they are a part of the universe, how they are like the essence of the universe itself, mm-hmm. basically. And the more I thought about it, we have the what, the who, and the which. So the what, uh, I don't think their character... Let's see if we have this the same. Okay. So I don't think their characters portrayed in the story match the the trinity but i think the titles given to them do okay so i went off of the what being god the father okay the who being the person of jesus christ himself mm-hmm. the son and then the the which is the by which by things uh are done to so the holy spirit okay did you have something different i did okay go for it so i i i went by the their characters rather than like personalities their okay so what's it for me, was the son of God. Okay. Because she was the one that said, I was sent on this mission. Yeah. And so for Good. me, based on that and seeing kind of like who we found last and how when she, when witch came into play, she was huge. That was God the father. She was, was one that seemed to be like doing the sending of these two. And oh, like for sure. The background work. And then who, who speaks only in quotes, I just did a night on the Holy Spirit last night. And in the catechism, it says how like, we know of who God the Father is and who Jesus Christ is and who the Spirit is and the Word of God because of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit doesn't speak at all. Mm, and yeah. so it's even stated later on in the, sh- in the movie where she actually says something, it's not a quote, and they're like, did you just say something using your own words? Yeah. And so but by the way of like her using other, other quotes, and for us it's like the Holy Spirit speaking into what the divine word in the Bible is saying scripture yeah, saying that's how I got, you know, the three, three persons, but either way it was like this imagery of yeah, the Trinity. Yeah, for sure. I, I thought that was, that was really good. Yeah. And let us know what you think. If, if you like one better than the other, if you have your own that you think mm-hmm. is better than both of us, please let us know. Yeah. Cause this stuff, we get excited about this stuff. So I'm going to keep kind of fast forwarding, but right after this, they, have this discussion and eventually they agree to go with them and they all are going on a journey through space and time through the universe to go find their dad. Mm -hmm. And their first stop is in a planet called Uriel. It's this beautiful, colorful place. 
And one of the things that they talk about while they're there is Miss Whatsit says, I don't even remember who she says this to, but she says, you must help them stay focused on light when darkness is present. And again, I don't remember who that's to, but I thought it was a really powerful phrase because it's very true for our, our spiritual lives. Yeah. When we're surrounded by darkness, we need to stay focused on the light, which is which is Christ, which is God, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty common theme because immediately after this, they uh, encounter what's called kamazots. Mm-hmm. And you did some research on kamazots. Yeah, I just Googled What it. it was. Do you want to kind of explain what it is in the real world first? Yeah, in, based on Wikipedia, <laughs> <laughs> kamazots is like mythology in Maya and like Mesopotamia culture. Mm-hmm. And it is a bat god, but basically the symbol of death and darkness and night and sacrifice, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense because bats live in the dark. And we just talked about Batman. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. But yeah, that's kind of like the idea. Cool. And and so in the movie, basically all they tell us is that it's this home of a purely evil energy, which they call the it. And uh, we kind of encounter the it later on in the movie. But it, basically at this point, we know that it's spreading throughout the universe and it's trying to take over. So this this evil darkness is trying to take over the universe and they're trying to c- combat it with light, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so they travel through the Tesseract again, or Tesser. To this point, the kids cannot Tesser on their own. They have to Tesser with the, the misses. But Calvin and Charles Warren are able to view it as this beautiful beautiful sensation of light and, and beauty and, and joy and, and all this stuff. Whereas Meg is kind of hurt painfully every time that she, she does it. So that comes up a little bit later. And so the next thing is as they're traveling, they go to a place called Orion. And when they're there, they talk to this person they call the seer and he's called the happy medium. That's his, his name, which is kind of ironic because he's all about finding balance. And we kind of see that as well. And so one thing that he says is the it invades the place inside of us where hope and joy live and replaces it with jealousy and judgment, pain and despair. And so we see this darkness, this evil trying to replace what is good. And that's very much, again, like our spiritual life. Yeah. Something I really enjoyed about their portrayal of evil in this movie was that quote, because it starts depicting images of mm. people on earth when they're trying to sh- when they're showing you like it's going to earth and it's like this guy gets a promotion at her school to be a new principal and it says it's changing what should be a celebration and joy into jealousy and it shows like the everyone all the other teachers like being jealous and then like the bully one of the main bullies and when it says like pain mm-hmm. is like struggling with self beauty and self-image yeah. and it's it's a site it's a it's it reminds me of screw tape letters where it's this subtle evil yeah it's not like personal attack and like the world is doomed but that it's all internal like you said our spiritual life being attacked with our own thoughts and our own yeah 100 percent. and what i really wanted to talk about kind of touching on that is all of the characters in this kind of scene so they, they have this vision essentially where they see all of these things happening and so they see the teachers they see the bully 
they see this nice old man down the street, but he's being bullied too by some people who are making fun of him for being old and robbing him. And they see Calvin and the way that his dad treats him. And so the kind of theme that I pulled out from this is that all these people who take it out on others in their daily life are people who suffer themselves. And even Calvin, who's actually a really good guy, he's struggling with all of these things that you don't know about. Mm -hmm. And so I know you've encountered this in ministry, but a lot of the times the kids who are the hardest to, to work with, the trouble kids, are the ones who have suffered the most. Yeah. Almost every time. Mm -hmm. And so getting to the root of what is it that you're suffering from is really the only way that you can help grow. And without recognizing what is that darkness that's kind of feeding or trying to replace your light, until you get rid of that darkness, the light cannot be there. And that's kind of going back to the, the wounds quote from earlier. So we are going to keep going because uh, we have a lot to talk about yet. But one thing, as they're kind of having this conversation, they say that they're looking for warriors to fight the it and bring back the hope. And so we've talked about hope being God again before. So to bring back the hope and to fight this, this darkness. And one thing that the, the happy medium says to Meg is it's okay to fear the answers, Meg, but you can't avoid them. Your father didn't forget you. You're too precious. And I think that's really powerful as well. We have so many of us today are honestly just afraid of answers. Yep. You know, we're not willing to know what is true. And a lot of times we say we do, but when it gets down to actually knowing what it is, we, we can't accept it. Right. And th that is really hard. And it's okay to be afraid of what is true, but what is true in the end sets us free and we can't avoid that. Right. Right. So even the belief that there is no truth, that's avoiding truth because truth exists. Mm-hmm. And if you want to have that debate, we can have it some other time. But there is truth, and to do anything to avoid it is is harmful yeah. for ourselves. And then the other part of this, your father didn't forget you. You're too precious. I think that's something that we forget all the time, but God doesn't forget us. Yeah. Right. In, in our eyes, or in, in his eyes, we are we're precious. And going forward, the thing they, they find out during this that the thing that allows them to tesser, to travel through the tesseract, is love. That's the frequency. So until you understand love, until you can experience love, you can't tesser. And that's why Meg has been struggling because her memories of love are with her father. Right. And when her father left, she kind of cut off all these relationships, all, all of this love, and she's been suffering ever since. Mm-hmm. And so we get this idea that this power, this healing, this great thing, love is the source of all of it. Right. And so they also find out that their dad is on commissats, yes. the, the dark place, right? And they find out that they can't tesser to commissats and they want to go back to Earth and kind of regroup, come up with a plan. And Meg's like, no, we have to go find dad. And so she actually reroutes their tesser two commissats anyways and because the the misses the three misses are pure light and the commissats is pure darkness they begin to like fade or die so they have to go alone 
without this like this, right this guide yeah so it reminds me of the desert yeah oh yeah very much so yeah so it, it's they get to this point where when they realize that they the misses say we're gonna leave you with with gifts we're gonna give you as much as we can before we we have to leave and so they give them three things uh which they're not super important that i'm gonna bring them up but check it out if you want so they take those things and they go off and (laughs) they say let nothing separate you this is like the last advice and then as soon as they say that and they disappear calvin and meg get separated from right away like right away and so they go through all this stuff and they go through all of these like temptations and stuff. And I'm, I'm not going to go through most of them, but I'm going to skip to one of the last ones. So what they come to this imaginary beach, right? Mm-hmm. So while they're on commissats, there's all of these illusions that are tempting them and trying to confuse them and, and lure them into kind of giving into right. the, the darkness, the it, right? And so they come to this beach and they meet this really, really f- friendly guy. He calls himself red and he says, oh, yeah, I know your dad. Like, he's, I just was talking to him. Uh, let's eat some food, then we'll go find him. And so he gives them some food, and they're like, oh, this is really good. And then Charles Wallace realizes, wait, this isn't food. This is just sand, and right. it's all an illusion. And so Red kind of brainwashes Charles Wallace and takes him away. And so now we're separated again. And after that... And they follow him down and they end up finding him in this really trippy 4D like room, basically. And Charles Wallace at this point is kind of corrupted by the it. And so we have this brilliant mind mixed with this pure evil. And he starts to fill everyone with these lies. So for Calvin, it's that he has to prove himself because he doesn't feel worthy because of the way his father treats him. For Meg, it's that she is a problem mm-hmm. and that their dad left because of her. And so we get this idea of like the it as a tempter. So do you want to talk about that really quick? I know, I know there's some more later with like Mr. Wallace when he comes back and they're talking to him about meaning something, wanting to be something in the universe, be something. And then that he abandoned his family for, all these things, but yeah, you want to talk about those? I mean, the, like I said, the biggest thing is this: the whole s- scene from beginning to end. So when they got to Kamazats, was it reminded me of when Jesus goes out into the desert? Yeah, because he's well, oh, he's Jesus, so he's God. But like, if we go out in the desert, we're kind of any guides, anything like the picture. It's always portrayed in scriptures that we're alone. Like mm-hmm. we we we're dropping like guards and like these things that are helping us and we're on our own. And then once that happens, the, the other imagery is like, that's where temptation and the devil is really going to come at us. And that's where they paint this picture of like all these different trials. Mm-hmm. And you re- realize, well, the devil's feeding us these lies, but they are the wounds that we're dealing with. They're right. not. So like the things that he's, the way that the devil is portraying them is false or the way in this movie they're saying to Calvin or Meg, it's not true, but it's something they can easily believe because it does play into the wounds that they carry. Yeah, the wound is real, but the portrayal of the them perspective, yeah, is yeah, not true for sure. And that and that's the way. Again, going back to Screw Tape Letters, if you've read that book, mm-hmm. that's very, very right. uh, real temptations. 
And so immediately after this, we see Meg uses one of the gifts that she received earlier, these glasses, to see what is enfolded, as they say. So basically see what's invisible. And through that, they're able to actually find their dad trapped in that very room. And so she's able to release him. But even then, they can't free Charles Wallace from the it. And so the dad wants to take Calvin and Meg and just get out of there. And then they would come back for Charles Wallace later. Meg doesn't want to abandon anyone. She wants the family to stay together. And so she she ends up separating from the dad. The dad and Calvin test her back to Earth. And now Meg is trapped against the it by herself. And... I don't know how much we want to dive into the details of this because I don't want to spoil too much, but one thing, yeah, we'll do it. it <laughs> we'll probably ruin the movie at this point anyway. So one thing I do want to point out is that she does eventually defeat the it. And the way that she does that is by recognizing who she is. That her strengths and her weaknesses. Right. And so she says, I know my faults, how I'm messy, uncoordinated, I don't trust anyone. In most days, I hate myself. I'm impulsive and suspicious, and yet you love me. Don't you, Charles Wallace? And so we get this idea that even in all this brokenness, love is what conquers. Mm -hmm. Love is what fixes. So we see the it attacking her through Charles Wallace and says that light is weak. Love is just a word. Like, it's nothing. And so we get these lies. Like, God is weak. He's not enough for you. Love it's isn't real. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's all this these lies that they're trying to fill. And she responds with, you can hurt me when I say I love you, but I will love you anyway. And you love me. And you should love me because I deserve to be loved. And through this, there, there's other things that happen, but through this recogni- recognition of, of value, of, of, of worth, worth, even within the brokenness, that is how they win. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know if there's anything at the end you want to talk about. I know we're running a little long, but that's really the big things that I had. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all I had except for the Tesseract. Yeah. So I kind of looked into the Tesseract because it's like you said before we started, it's in a lot of science fiction. Yeah. And the Tesseract is a geometrical shape. It's a 4D cube where like a regular cube, 3D cube has six sides. This one's constantly like moving. And so it has, it technically has eight sides. Mm. And it made me think of C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity, where he's talking about the Trinity. And he's like, on a one-dimensional level, you can have a straight line. On a two-dimensional level, those lines can be combined in ways that conceive a dimensional world, and they can make a square. And then on a three-dimensional level, you can add lines to make a cube. Mm-hmm. On te- he's, he, And he starts comparing it to our lives, how there's a one um, in our life, in the natural, there's a, a one person is one being. I am me and you are you. We can almost argue that two two people can become one in marriage mm-hmm. in certain ways after a while, but still in a way it's only one person. And um, that the Trinity is three persons in one. Mm. And so that... Oh, that's and cool. And so that there's this idea that uh, we can draw cubes on paper, but it's still two-dimensional it's not technically three-dimensional even though we're drawing a three-dimensional it's still only flat right and so we can't conceive the idea of what a cube is unless we went into a three-dimensional world Mm -hmm. and that's how the trinity is to us and so i like the idea of like the tesseract 
being used because it's a 4D cube, which is even more than 3D. And it's, right. it's like God being outside of understanding. Yeah. And we have to kind of re- relinquish all that, which is something that she had to, she had to finally like let go of everything so she could test her beautifully. Yeah. And the last thing I want to talk about was the idea of the tesser and how when she last tessered, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. For me, tessers seemed like adoration. Yeah. 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 And that, uh, it's not something we can do on our own right away. Mm-hmm. Adoration is something we have to be taught and kind of like practice. And, and that if we're not willing to let go of something, since it is with the present, like being in the presence of our Lord, it can actually be painful sometimes. I've, I know people that have had powerful experiences of broken down and like you, you're sitting in silence with God. And so you almost confront your wounds and your faults. And that's not easy. But as soon as you let the love in or realize your worth like in the end of the movie adoration becomes this euphoric and beautiful experience yeah i i agree completely the the root has to be love yeah yeah yeah. and that's all that's an awesome comparison i didn't think about that at all so we're going really long so hopefully you guys are still listening at this point but i want to give you your challenge for this week the challenge that i have for you is recognize what wounds that you have with yourself so kind of how meg had to realize where she struggled, where her faults were and address them and acknowledge those, take those to prayer and tell them to God. Say, I I recognize that, that I struggle with, with this, Mm -hmm. but you love me anyways. And allow that love to seep into you. If you can get to adoration, get to adoration. I know we have it tomorrow, Mm -hmm. uh, but you're not going to get this until later. So, um, go find a parish, even if you can just sit in the pew and, and have uh, adoration without the exposed sacrament, spend time with Jesus and, and tell him where you find your faults and allow him to love you there. Cause that's, that's what we need. Yep. And then you can test her. <laughs> Do you have any shout outs? Danny, Sarah, the ones we've been talking about because yeah. of this movie and because of her birthday. I have one yeah. actually. So yesterday we were at uh, Whataburger Wednesday, mm-hmm. which is what we do with our teens. There's a chance to hang out at the restaurant. And one of my teens, Ty Halligan, came. And he told me that he has been just listening to our episodes and the podcast. And he's up to, I think, episode 25. So wow. I think I'll give him a shout out because nice. he's, Thank been, you. he's been listening. He says he does it while he uh, does his chores. So win-win. <laughs> <laughs> so with that... Guys, before we sign off, I do want to remind you of our Disney December challenge. Yes. So during December, we are challenging you to find a Disney movie and to do the Christ and culture thing and recognize where is Christ, where is Christianity in that movie, in that song, in that TV show. But it has to be Disney related. Mm -hmm. So you can either make a video, you can record some audio. You can write a really long email or post on our social media and just send it to us. Let us know what you think. And if you're okay with it, we'll share it with other people. Yeah, if you're cool with sharing it. If it's like an email and it's no, like small notes, maybe we'll make a video. Yeah. Reading your email or the post. Sure. Um, and we can sh- so it's like a whole bunch of videos coming out. But yeah. Yeah. We'd love to kind of like share this and spread this idea so this is a whole month of just celebrating disney and all other awesome stuff so it can be old school disney new school disney but go check out some disney movies record something for us and send it please if you don't know where to send it we'll put the 
places where you can contact us in our notes section. Also, feel free to check out our YouTube because we're going to be posting a lot of videos, especially in the next couple weeks. Mm -hmm. So with that, you want to sign us off? Thanks for joining us on the adventure, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.